What's happening, guys? Pete back with you for a special Beanpot edition of the Musicbox Pete podcast. So talking all things Beanpot in this episode, along with some music as well, too. Um, I had actually done one of these, gosh, I think it was probably five years ago, I think, when uh, Northeastern won their first Beanpot in 30 years. I, I'm pretty sure that, that that was when I did it. But I... Uh, one thing I've always strived to do since starting this podcast was sort of meld the worlds of sports and music. And I think I've definitely accomplished that in all my years of doing it. But just doing this just re really brings together my two loves, Northeastern hockey and music. On some of the songs you can hear later, have a little Northeastern flair because they all are Northeastern alums. So that's one thing that I love putting together, being very clever and putting this all together, was just sort of have that Northeastern connection. Just really make sure that everything's all drilled into your consciousness, especially when it comes to the bean pot, which is coming up uh, today because you're hearing this uh, today. Um, as Northeastern takes on BU at the TD Garden at 7.30 for the Beanpot Championship. So five straight years of, the, of Northeastern and the Beanpot, going from 18, 19, 20. Uh, there wasn't any 21 because of the pandemic, 22, 23. I mean, they've actually fl just flat out dominated, other than the one they lost in 2022. But I think last year's overtime win um, against Harvard which is which was a shootout by the way, which is the first time that they've done that in the history of the Beanpot. They recently they altered the um, postseason format, so they and then they applied that to the Beanpot Championship as well too, which I was a little against at the time, but you know it makes all the more sense in the long run. But last year's was epic with Devin Levi stopping in in the shootout. It was just absolutely unbelievable. But I think with this year's Beanpot and just what Northeastern has been through this year and just the crummy year they've had. And they've really righted the ship since the start of the new year, just with the quality wins they've had against Maine, Merrimack, um, the overtime win against BU. Uh, it just literally everything going from them. And of course, you know, if you go back to October, they, they beat BC at, at Connie Forum, and I was on, lucky enough to be on hand for that. And Northeastern took down BC, the number one team in the country. And that really is just, you know, that's definitely a check mark on the old resume. Just what Northeastern has done this year, they've gone from bottom to the Hockey East till I think they're about like seventh, sixth or seventh in Hockey East right now. So now we get a chance to be in the octofinal, which means we get to host one um, quarterfinal round game. So if we could just keep winning the rest of the way out, we'll be in good shape. So, I mean, no worries on this end, but there definitely were a lot of worries on my end. Just. With everything that's happened, you know, struggling with injuries. Of course, you know, Justin Raconian's our captain, and, you know, he was out with injuries for a while. So that definitely contributed to a lot of um, Northeastern's malaise and the downswing that they took on the offense. But it's really righted the ship since. I mean, it just from the very beginning of the year with the non-conference wins against Stonehill and Bentley, we like, okay, we got those out of the way. We should be in good shape. That wasn't the case. We lost to UNH. We lost home games to Merrimack. We lost a lot of home games that were usually winnable in past years, but... It really makes no rhyme or reason. And, you know, talking to my good buddy Joey Mayulari, who um, I'm lucky enough to go to some uh, Northeastern games with, uh, sit right next to me, and we share some uh, observations about it. He can't make heads or tails out of it, too. I'm, I'm just as befuddled as everybody else. But what Northeastern has done, and, and everybody that, that's contributing, you know, Peter Walton's definitely contributed a great deal, and just in um, Soupy and Alex Campbell, everybody is really starting to step up into these leadership roles. I think some of the grad transfers that we've had haven't particularly worked out well for us. But I think with some of the other ancillary pieces that we have, with some of the recruiting that would come through the pipeline, because our recruiting has definitely gotten much better than it has in recent years, I think we can definitely make a lot of headway and make a lot of noise in the postseason. 
whether it be this year or next year, but definitely down the road, we're definitely rebuilding the pieces when we uh, lose some seniors and have to be a graduation or a transfer uh, if they transfer to another school or if they uh, decide to bolt to the NHL, which is it's entirely their, their decision. So can't, can't really get too mad at them for that, for wanting to make that decision. But I think we've definitely been a lot better than we have in recent years, and especially competing with the bigger schools, BC and BU. Northeastern is definitely on the same level as, as them, too. You know, For years, Northeastern's been a doormat team, and I just think right now we have a lot to prove, and we're definitely proving a lot, too, especially with the pieces that we have right now. Even with the loss of you know Devin Levi and Cameron Whitehead's performed admirably, too. You know, There's been some downswings, but he's definitely right in the ship since. Um, again, doesn't have the numbers, but... That's the thing. You can't replace Devin Levi. You can't replace the, the meteoric stats he had. Cameron Whitehead's definitely performed admirably in, in his first year. I mean, no one expected him to have such a, a sky-high save percentage or anything like that, but he's definitely right the ship and has kept Northeastern in the games, in the moments when it mattered the most. And, um, of course, Gunnar Wolf Fontaine's overtime win against Harvard, which I wasn't at the uh, semifinal game uh, last week because I had to work. But it was just, I saw all the uh, things on Twitter, and I'm just like, thank goodness. But it, it's really going to matter most in the long run. So um, I want to take a little music break right now and get into my good buddy uh, Jason Ebbs, who I <laughs> the, the funniest thing, I saw him on the Jumbotron at Matthews. What, I, I, I don't really look at the Jumbotron a whole great deal, but I caught the split second. I'm like, is that Jason Epps? So I texted him real quick. Was that you? And I was like, yep. So we didn't get a chance to meet because he had to catch the uh, bolt and catch the train right after the game. But Jason's been such a, a, an incredible, incredibly talented musician with everything he's done with his synth pop, which I've mentioned, did numerous write-ups before on the site. And he's really just been, and of course, you know, I interviewed him on the podcast as well. He's just such a phenomenally talented musician, really brings about things in a great deal, and is sort of creating a whole new subgenre for himself. And is really, he's really shown off his identity, his personality as a musician that really comes through and shines very brightly in his music. So uh, here's Jason Ebbs with Not Even Over on the special Beanpot edition of the Music Box P podcast. There's a sequel, but I never like sequels. Rewind. 
was Jason Ebbs with Not Even Over on the special Beanpot edition of the Musibox P podcast. And just, you know, going uh, back to um, Northeastern real quick and talking about uh, Matthew's Arena of sorts. Um, this came across on Twitter a couple days ago. One of my good friends, Scott, um, posted about it, but I had seen it on Twitter also about the future of Matthew's Arena. I want to talk about it real quick because it's very important. Because, you know, obviously I spent a great deal of time there. been a season ticket holder since 2017. But they've been looking at doing some significant renovations in the past, which, you know, Matthews Arena is about 100 years old right now. Of course, it was the original home of the Bruins from, I think, 24 through 28. Um, the Celtics played there. Or it was their original home before they moved into the Garden in 1929. So it's over 100 years old right now. So right, they've been thinking the original plan was they were going to shut down Matthews Arena for Matthews for a year and do a renovation. However, it's become apparent with some structural issues. If, if um, you've been going to the game this year, you probably noticed that the um, balcony on the right-hand side, which is the Zamboni side of Matthews Arena, has been shut down. They've been doing some uh, structural repairs on it, so it's been closed and n nobody can go up on it. Which struck me as, I mean, I initially when I started, I was like, you know, I didn't really think of it. I mean, obviously I knew Matthews Arena was old. I didn't really know, you know, how bad this whole issue has, be has become. But it's become more dire because with some of the structural issues, potentially it could become in, in danger of collapse. And that sort of puts Northeastern in a bind right now because they're going to have to like shut the whole arena down. And then Northeast, the Northeastern will be without a, an arena for three years and not just, you know, uh, men's hockey. It's women's hockey, men's and women's basketball. The, the whole, I, I mean, Northeastern has always been behind the times when it comes to this. And they knew about this, you know, beforehand. They should have... Should have, could have taken more steps to sort of come up with a plan B. And now it sort of puts North, Northeastern in a bind right now because now you have a Division One hockey school potentially could be without a home for the next few years. So it's like you have to go around to other schools and say, hey, can we play in your arena? I mean, you could go to Aganis Arena, but that's BU's arena. There's no way in hell BU would, would allow that. I don't know if Wentworth has an arena. It's it's really all speculation right now. Northeastern hasn't really publicly talked about this or announced any plans officially as of yet, but it's something to keep an eye on moving forward. So it just, I think one of the main selling points of Matthews Arena uh, for the um, potential recruits is Matthews because it's such an historical venue and they play there a hundred years and just for all the recruits to see like the old features of the barn, just, you know, the seats and everything, you know, the style of the roof and just the whole and the outside of the, the little uh, facade right there. It's become iconic right now of sorts. And now you sort of potentially could be, you know, without a place to play hockey. It's, it's something that, that was pretty much unimaginable. And now it's the reality has become more apparent right now. So... There's really not much we can do, and just sort of we're just sort of a wait and see approach. I mean, there will be more details, and I'm sure Northeastern will have a more formal announcement uh, moving forward. So we'll see what happens. But I mean, it's you can't really imagine just like not having an arena. I mean, they should figure this out soon. But it's like drawing up plans, then you got to go with the architect, then you got to submit because Northeastern owns that land that Matthews is on. And now when you knock it down, it's like, oh boy, what are we going to do now? So so stay tuned on this front. I'm sure there'll be uh, plenty more of on uh, moving forward. So uh, another music break right now. We can get to my uh, State Street. So Matt Wickstrom uh, was part of the doghouse for, for many years. And um, that's how I sort of met him through music, through a, a band that he was managing, uh, Orson, Orson and the Rosebuds. And he was also part of another pop punk act 
called uh, Start the Week Over. I since then moved on to a new band called State Street. This is one of my uh, top 10 songs from last year, and Matt is just such a super awesome uber-talented musician. He really puts his whole, whole soul and his whole creative vision out there, and he just does everything. He sort of puts it on a musical palette of sorts, and sort of allows everybody to marvel over it, because, you know, he's such a phenomenally talented and dynamic guitarist, and I got the opportunity to see State Street uh, at Deep Cuts uh, at, back in July, July of last year, so he really is just phenomenally talented, and just, he, he goes all out, and like, much like he did in the doghouse, you know, he, ha he has that Northeastern blood r running through him for sure. So here's State Street with Ocean Blonde on the special Beanpot edition of the Music Box P podcast.
special Beanpot edition of the Musibox P podcast and getting uh, back uh, directly into the game right now I just think for I'm not gonna do like predictions or anything like that but I'm just I'm more overly optimistic about Northeastern than I have since the beginning of the year since that whole downswing period from October through December when they lost all those games I'm much more confident in Northeastern's ability since the start of the new year so I think they definitely have a great potential and a great opportunity right here to really capitalize on BU early. And the best part about doing that is just scoring first and maintaining that defensive dominance, keeping out of the penalty box, putting the pressure on BU and just just keep pelting them and just keep, you know, jabbing at them every every which way you can because that's sort of the way that's the only way you're going to beat them. You, and just stay ahead and scoring first is always paramount and key to any game. So, I think Right now, going for them, I think they got a great potential to just really capitalize, especially with some of the young guns stepping up too. Peter Walton, as I mentioned, I'd like to see him get get more involved. Uh, my guy Choops, Matt Chupani, definitely like to see him, you know, get uh, very creative because I think he's sort of been, uh, you know, held in a corner uh, on some of the plays here. So I think they've got a great potential right here to just really hand it to you and really stick it to them right from the get go. Because I think once you maintain that from the edge, it's going to be pretty imp impossible for the opposition to slow you down. So Northeastern's got a great opportunity, and I'm very, very optimistic that Northeastern will prevail and capture the Beanpot once again. I just think with the, the, these games, especially with the, the doghouse and everything and how much they've really showed out. Now, I've seen it firsthand, not only in the doghouse at Matthews, but at TD Garden for all the uh, Beanpots and Hockey's Championship games I've been to over the years to see the size of the balcony grow. Because I used to watch the Beanpot from the balcony section, but it's become way too much crowded. And the number of sections they've dominated. So I, I buy my tickets and watch in the load section from now on. So, But seeing firsthand at, like how many sections they dominated, I think last year, I think Northeastern probably dominated 10 sections out, out of the whole balcony region from like, I think it was like 308 to 316. Harvard only had like a couple. And Harvard's fans are more sporadic, like down the Loge section. There wasn't that many. Northeastern fans easily outnumbered them. And just seeing that really puts a, a wide smile on my face and really makes me so happy to see all the Northeastern fans clamoring out to support their team. And just it just literally fill every single seat and be as loud as you can. That's how it's going to happen. So, again, it's, it all boils down to tonight, 730 it's all going to go down. So, and, and literally starting from the get-go, because back in 2018, believe it or not, that was my first Beanpot game. It's, it's hard to believe. I'd all, before that, I, I had only seen the Beanpot on TV, but my first Beanpot in person was 2018. Lo and behold, it, it was a big one. Northeastern winning the first Beanpot in 30 years. So it, it really is, I cannot even imagine just, you know, Early February, Super Bowl and Beanpot, it's just all synonymous right now at this point. They should pretty much make the day after the Super Bowl like a holiday. I don't know why they don't do that, but I don't know what you would call it. But I, I've, all, I've been all in favor of that. I know it's been talked about recently, so we'll see if it happens. I doubt it will, but it would be super cool if that ever happened because we just need a little detox from like all the excitement that's going on. But again, thank you so much for tuning in. And to close this out, on the special Beanpot edition of the Musibox P podcast, I have my good friend Dylan Rockoff. Now, Dylan goes back way into the early days of Musibox P. 
And I first found out about him through my good friend, Will Tenney, who you might remember uh, from Call Me Anything. He's also a Northeastern alum as well, too. It's, uh, Dylan's sound is a more R&B-based sound. He has, he has a pop R&B hybrid, an absolutely phenomenal voice, and he's really taken it. He also performed the National Anthem at the Little League World Series a few years ago. When I saw that, I'm like, yes! And to see Dylan, and it was nationally televised on ABC, too. So to get, go up to the big stage, and what Dylan's able to do, and I, you know, and I saw him a concert at uh, Cafe 939 a, a few years back. He's just an incredible talent, super nice guy. He's got everything going for him, right? And he's pretty much on the cusp of stardom and following that trajectory right now as we speak. So here's Dylan Rockoff with Feeling Fine, closing us out on the special Beanpot edition of the Music Box Peep Podcast. Go Huskies and see you next week. In my world, I don't worry darling, I just smile cause you're by my side. Now your eyes open up every morning To the love that shines in mine And I see it in yours too So now I sing to you And when you go You leave me here all alone I'll be waiting, we can make it Because I know That after all this time You'll read between these lines Feeling fine Cause you said This is all you want No more playing, playing, playing on this Waiting, waiting, waiting I call you mine I know you feel the same as I do No more playing, wishing, waiting I was taking, 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 baby Reminiscing on the time when we first met I was tongue-tied, stupefied What was it that I said? Probably something foolish That didn't make much sense But you remembered a year later when I saw you next When I told you, told you That I need to hold you hold ya. You said come right on over. over I could not wait to show you I cherish all your lines And after all this time
things I do No more playing, wishing, waiting I was taking, 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 baby